3: this January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions.
4: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek Ciapala with little Stevie. Steve Ribeiro coming off a rough, hard to watch, 30-23 Rams loss to the Philadelphia Eagles here on Sunday Night Football. Um, I don't really even really have words to... To start with, so I'll just go ahead and do our normal, hey, if you happen to listen to podcasts, check us out on Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, all those wonderful places, iTunes, really iTunes, we really appreciate your support and your help, and the fact that you listen to us on days like today, we really appreciate it, also, don't forget to check out our other sister podcasts, or brother podcasts, We're we're, we're not gender thinking here. Bunny Heads Radio, (laughs) Bunny Heads, and of course, Rampage Radio. Uh, Steve, I'll send this over to you because I need some time, just a second, just to get my thoughts together on this game. I know that right now, I I think uh, part of me is like, this season's over. And part of me is like, you know, this happens all the time. Teams struggle at the end. They can get this together. Where are you at this?
1: I'll be honest man if we just started doing this podcast at the end of the third quarter I think my thoughts would have been a lot different drastically different I think this would have been the most depressing podcast maybe in the history of our show but you know what man I'm gonna get my positive thoughts out because I feel like the rest of this podcast is gonna be negative they had absolutely no business to make a comeback after that fake punt failed a play I'll call that I didn't even mind because, you know, they were dead in the water at that point. And for them to actually get back in this game and, ha- you know, there was a lot of mistakes they made in the fourth quarter. Uh, mistakes that ended up costing us the game ultimately. But the fact that when the Eagles got the ball on their own 30, or sorry, the Rams 30, with, at the start of the fourth quarter up 17, and the Rams had a shot to win the game uh, at, on the last play of the game. In decent field position with all the mistakes they made in that quarter. Uh, you know what? The old Rams, men they, they quit. And this team for all the ups and downs they've had, particularly in the last three weeks, they've had a lot of downs, but they've never quit. And for that, I will give them credit. That's one thing that had been missing with the, the Rams organization for a long time is that they, they would just roll over and die when the going got really tough. And this game, it got as tough as it's been all season, and you know they they fought, they clawed their way back. They had a chance to win it. Uh, they made some mistakes. It didn't work out. Uh, we we will break down all these mistakes big time. But I ju- I just wanted to get that out there before we get super negative on this podcast, which I'm sure we will. I I am proud of the way that they fought back in this game, and that's about all I'm proud for in this performance. But I I am happy about that and. You know, like I said, we did this podcast 40 minutes ago. I I would not be saying anything kind about this team.
4: Well, I don't know that it's going to be super negative. But I think the Rams have dug themselves a hole here. And especially in this game, that hole didn't need to be dug. And that's a real concern for me. It was just a lot of shooting themselves in the foot, a lot of mistakes that were fundamental mistakes, time management, uh, you know – coverage man all those things that you should have figured out at this point in the season that should have been taken care of and that's a concern for me that's a really big concern for me especially as this team is now heading in the playoffs and the next time they play a good football team will be their first playoff game but right now can you even say hey Arizona has some players on defense they have a pass rush the way Jared Goff is looking antsy in the pocket, I'm concerned. I'm concerned with Todd Gurley and his knee right now. I'm concerned about this defense not being there with this coverage. And part of me, Steve, going back, I'm starting to wonder, and folks, don't kill me here. It's just a wonder, it's a thought. I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm starting to wonder if this team's been a little overrated all along. I'm starting to wonder if it just took time for teams to figure out the real issues with this with this Rams offense and defense. Uh, That's what I'm wondering. I, I, uh, listen, I'm not saying I believe that. I'm just saying I'm wondering a little bit. Go back to the Green Bay game. Go back to the Minnesota game. And those games like that were really, really super close. And look where those seasons have gone for both those teams since then. And I'm wondering, you know, did were we a little too high on this team? Or is it... Is it really one of those cases where the Rams, they're just going through some issues right now?
1: I don't well, know. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. I think it's true to a, a very slight degree. But, I mean, Jared Goff was throwing good passes before the bye week. The offensive line was blocking well before the bye week. I think, you know, to a degree, maybe teams have started to pick up on McVay's system. You know, you, you trot out literally – the same exact guys in basically the same exact packages every single offense possession, they're going to adjust to it a little bit. But at the same time, the, the line has kind of come come undone in the past couple weeks, not fully, but they haven't been giving Jerry Goff the time he needs to make good plays. And without that time, he's made some honestly just unbelievably bad throws given how good he looked before the bye week. And so i I think it's tough to say that they were – overrated because, you know, we knew the holes in the defense and the flaws. The offense was firing all cylinders. I mean, you could say teams have figured it out, but it still took them eleven weeks to figure out anything about stopping this offense. And I, I think it is more on just the the players, in particular Jared Goff and the line in front of him, just kind of regressing a little bit for for whatever reason. Um, you know, it's it's hard to tell what happened over that bye week. I mean last week I think it was more obvious given you know, cold weather, they're not used to it. And the Bears just being an unbelievably good defense. The Eagles are a decent team. Uh, we talked about it on our pregame show with Brandley Lee Gowan. I mean, they're a fine team. They might make the playoffs here. I don't think losing to them is a bad thing, but the, the nature of how they lost and the, how they played since the bye week, you know, the fact that we all kind of talked about how desperately they needed to get to that bye so they could get a break and just have not been the same team at all since they came back It is really frustrating
4: well does that mean the Kansas city game was the peak of the season
1: i i hope it isn't and i i think they have time to figure it out but i mean if they keep playing like this offensively then then yeah they're not going to be able to beat They're not. they're not gonna be able to compete with the saints in the playoffs so they might not even be able to beat the bears in the playoffs with their offense playing like this and you mentioned Arizona being a slight concerned. I, I'm personally not concerned about Arizona next week. I mean, we beat Detroit with a bad game. San Francisco, I'm a little concerned about. You know, they're kind of finding their footing again. But it, they should win these last two games, even with how they're playing right now. I mean, they played like they did tonight against the 49ers or um, Cardinals. They probably do come out with a win. But, yeah, I hope that's not the peak. And, I mean, they need to they need to have some polish here in the the final two games to, you know, really give us a sense of hope again in the playoffs. And even that, you know, they come out and crush the 49ers and the Cardinals. How good can we really feel about it? It's the 49ers and the Cardinals, you know?
4: Well, I think, well, I think the fans need I think the fans need it right now. I think the fans need a 41-10 blowout, a 35-10 blowout. Something oh, yeah. to kind of go, okay, you know, calm down. They're working on things. They're fixing things. They're still being professionals out there. And what I mean by the Cardinals as well is, there are enough players on that team in the 49ers as well to give the Rams some problems. You can't forget that how many stars this year have the Eagles featured. Like I think I said in the show tonight, 48, this is our injured team, a team that's deep into his death. And that means something that really means something in terms of what the Rams should have done. The Rams should have won this game. I think we can both agree on that. And honestly, They were outplayed for three out of four quarters.
1: Yeah, very much outplayed, especially in that third quarter. And we we mentioned the injuries. The Eagles' secondary has been obliterated by injuries here, and for Jared Goff to have this kind of abysmal of a game against that washed secondary is bad. I mean, um. (laughs) <laughs> I'm at a loss for words about this because you know we saw firsthand in this game he had so many open guys that he just missed. You know they were the receivers were doing their jobs in terms of just beating the Eagles secondary. I think they kind of had their way. And you look at Jared Goff's numbers. I mean, he did throw for 339 yards, but it, he he could have had some touchdowns. You know, particularly he had the one that he missed slightly to Everett, and then Gurley more of a miss. Uh, in that fourth quarter, where I believe that was drive, we settled for a field goal. So, yeah, man. I mean, the the front four, I'll give the offensive line a little bit more slack than got because you know, Michael Bennett, Brandon Graham, and even to a degree Chris Long, our boy, still good players. Uh, Ben Bennett, Bennett's having a little bit of a comeback year here. He's been a beast, K- killed us tonight. But yeah, man, the secondary's not good, and you know golf didn't even throw a touchdown against that bad of a secondary. That's It's tough to comprehend, honestly. Well, that's because of the pressure he was getting on him. What they did, what the Eagles did,
4: was they backed their their entire secondary off and just dared the Rams and throw it short. So they throw their front four, sometimes front seven at the Rams, and leave space in between that deep deep area and the intermediate area, and say, go get it, Rams. Go get it. And the Rams did a really good job, I think, of working that area before Gurley got hurt. Then once Gurley got hurt and he was missing for some time, that's when things got shaky for them. So if you go back to that first quarter, that first drive, we saw the Rams' offense. It wasn't explosive. It was just methodical. They went down the field. They got Gurley heavily involved. He was catching footballs. He's running the football. Eventually, I think that works. I think they wear down that Philadelphia defense at that point. I think they get the things they need. But... Don't underestimate the injury to Gurley and what it meant to that Rams offense at that point. We, we, I think sometimes because this Rams offense has so many different weapons, we forget how important Gurley was. We keep talking about how important Cup is, and we do miss Cup. But if you lose Gurley, especially in a game like this where everything needed to go through Gurley, you're in trouble. And that's what we saw in that second and third quarter until Gurley, Gurley got back out there.
1: Right, and again, we're not we're without Malcolm Brown too. So you're going from Todd Gurley, who at one point in the season was an MVP candidate, probably still really a lock for first team All-Pro. You go from him to John Kelly, who when they showed the stats of their career yards, he literally I had more yards in the NFL rushing than he did because he was at negative one and I'm at zero at that point. So, and I think we all like John Kelly a bit, but you go from how girly did John Kelly in a game of this magnitude? Um, It's just, you don't want a guy that's just that literally untested, like had no test whatsoever. He didn't even sat down at the desk to take a test yet. So that's tough. Obviously he's, he's a huge part of the offense as was cup. But I think the guys, if you know, Josh Reynolds is there. If Malcolm Brown is there, I think we feel a little bit better, but yeah, that's, it was a huge blow to lose him. And I know he came back, but I think he was fighting to come back and, Honestly, if there's any concern about him going towards the playoffs, I'd rather see him sit. I, I think we could, against Arizona at least, manage the ship without him for a game. But I, I just want him 100% for the playoffs because, like you said, we, we need him out there to be this, the offense that we were four weeks ago.
4: But if you take him out there and next weekend, if, you, if you're saying, well, I'm not sure about that, I think they have to play. They're guys at this point.
1: Right. I, I, you, you, do you want to go on the road to Chicago for your first half no, game? Absolutely not. Yeah, they dug themselves into a hole here. I mean, they Chicago, they have a chance to lose at, at Minnesota last week of the season. But, I mean, we need to win out now with with losing this game. And I, I think we will. Um, you know, for, for all we've talked about how bad they were in the Bears game and how bad they were in this game, they lost by a combined uh, – Sorry, my 16. math is slow. 16, 16 yeah. It's, it's midnight. All right, I'm not a math yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> Neither am I. 9 plus 7, 16. Okay. Well, folks, before we move on and get to the mailbag, that's what we're really here for tonight. Um, we had everything kind of thought out for the show. We're going to do the stats and everything, and Steve has the stats available. I'm not sure how much we want to look at them. I mean, you just mentioned Goss passing yards, but this is really about you. We have a lot of frustrated people who are checking with us on social media, You have some folks who just want to vent a little bit. We'll give you an opportunity. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. And hopefully in the process, we'll figure this out together. What's going on? What can the Rams fix? Is it fixable? Or are the Rams stuck where they are? Okay, but first, let's talk about Jim Hawk in his book, Hollywood's Team. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out a son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazeleks Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available both on hardback and and electronic form on Amazon on Barnes & Noble. You can also find Hollywood's Teen through various other booksellers on the net. Everyone, I've read this book cover to cover. So has Norm and Johnny. It's well worth every penny for all Rans fans out there. But it's also a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, folks, trust me. Check it out. Hollywood's Teen Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rans by Jim Hawk. It's worth it. So... In our mailbag, here we go. This is Love My Country and Life at ScottMan001 on Twitter. He actually asked, well, basically two questions. He asked, will McVeigh admit that Marcus Peters and Adam Su were a waste of picks and money? These guys have been bums all year. Well, Steve, I'll let you go first on that one.
1: I mean, no, they weren't a waste of money. Um, obviously, they've been frustrating at times. I Correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, P- Peters wasn't really a big part of the problem tonight, do you think?
4: Well, there are a couple of things we should talk about, but no, no. The real yeah. problem was actually Tlaib and cover it yeah. tonight. And, we'll, we'll and get... the corners on that one play especially, but overall Peters wasn't that big of a problem. It was really leave. It was the inside run defense, especially in the red zone. It really, in all honesty, I don't even see that as a real problem. I see the offense as being the bigger problem. Oh, you know, and pass rush. Pass rush we got to talk about.
1: Right, yeah. So yes for
4: it, Sue, yeah. For Sue, we got to talk about that.
1: Yeah, so Peters um, obviously has been frustrating at times this year, very frustrating, but I do still think that it was the right move to trade for him. And I think when he kind of gets the pressure off of him to – you know, when a guy like Tito leaves there to guard Alshon Jeffrey, you know, in the case of tonight, poorly guard him. Peters plays a little bit better. We, we didn't call his name that much tonight. And that's a good thing for him. You know, he had that, that penalty on the helmet play, which I mean, that happens. I, I don't think he did it intentionally, but he also had that big play in the end zone, which I believe was on Zach Ertz had the ball in his hands and Peters made a nice little play to poke it out there. But Sue, I think also has been worth bringing in this year. I I wouldn't say he's been a bum all year. He, given how much money he's making, it's it is frustrating that he kind of he kind of goes gets lost for a little bit and you don't really hear for, hear about him. But I think tonight he made some good plays. Um, getting to, Foles, not completing the passes, but or not completing the sacks. I mean, but he did have that one play where he hammered Foles into the ground. It just so happened Foles completed like a seventy yard pass because <laughs> the secondary broke, but um yeah I mean Sue he's not worth 14 million dollars but at the same time I don't think there was really something we could have sunk in that money in this offseason for one year that would have come out with better results than you know the chance you take on a guy like Sue Uh, all of these guys that we brought in in the offseason with the exception of Brandon Cooks have had moments of major frustrations to us but ultimately I think that they were worth bringing in, and you know the guys that were there beforehand. I don't think would have cut it. I think I'd still rather have Peters than Tremaine Johnson, especially given the money he's making. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Peters is going to be back next year. I I don't really have any second thoughts about that, and we'll we'll see how he does in another year. I don't know if he's going to be here long term. Uh, Sue, uh, we we went over this in the last podcast. We'll see, but. I don't know, man. It, there, it, this game wasn't really their fault. It definitely wasn't Peter's fault, and Sue wasn't part of the solution. But uh, there's bigger culprits here than those two.
4: Well, I look at Sue, and I think I have a problem with the last few games with him, and that is where teams have started triple teaming Aaron Donald, and if he's being triple teamed, Sue should be free more. That's the reality. We should be calling Sue's name more.
1: But we're not we saying that called. about Brockers. Well, I was just about to go there. To go there. Yeah. Well, the question okay. was about
4: Sue. The question was about Sue. I was just about to go there. We haven't been calling Brockers' name much. We've called John Franklin Myers' name more this year than we've called Michael Brockers' name. Let's yeah. be honest about that. So that defensive line has, to me, overall, underachieved outside of aaron donald and that should not be the case when aaron donald's getting double team as much as he is there should be open space but i also want to point this out as well the linebackers are a real problem here you should be able to have linebacker support for that pass rush but teams know exactly where the rams are going for their pass rush and that's up the middle if the rams were a th- more of a threat on the edge then we're not really having this conversation. I think Sue gets free more. I think Brockers gets free more. And, of course, Donald gets free more. But uh, offensive lines don't have to worry about that. They only have to worry about one thing and one thing only. Stop Aaron Donald. If they can do that, they can slow this defense down enough. That's a concern for me. Marcus Peters, that's a different story. He would... Coverage wasn't bad this game, except for the one that we just was embarrassing. Probably one of the most embarrassing plays I've seen since that Janoris Jenkins touchdown against Des Bryant years ago. Remember mm-hmm. that? That 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 blown coverage was the worst I've seen since then involving two Rams getting blown off the ball. Uh where are the safeties? Where are anybody? Where's anybody? That just is ridiculous, especially this late in the season. It should not be happening. And you can think, well, maybe it's because Talith hasn't been out there much this year and we're still getting used to playing together. Uh, maybe, maybe we could talk about that. But you're also professionals. You should know your coverage by now. That's unacceptable. There is one thing, though, that I've, I've had pointed out to me. Actually, one of our guys, Jason Miller, um, pointed out to me. actually sent, sent us a little clip earlier on in uh, in the game where it showed on the on the touchdown run. The first Philly touchdown run at the middle, Marcus Peters was around the corner and didn't even make a dive at the run. Later on in the game, as Philly's trying to run this ball, run the, run the clock out. Same thing, Peters haphazardly or half half heartedly pushes. Doesn't he? Doesn't go for the tackle? Now I get, you know, this is their cornerbacks. So I understand that. I get that. However, in today's NFL, being what it is, you. Especially at the edge, you have to tackle. Marcus Peters isn't doing that there, and that needs to change. If, if if he wants to get paid like he thinks he should be paid one day, if he wants to be that kind of ball player, you got to be a complete ball player and don't be afraid. Because if the Rams, for example, stuff that play on that first touchdown run, for all we know, we're talking about a different game. What if they hold him for? What if they hold him to a field goal there, Steve? Instead of a touchdown. Right. There's a lot of I mean, what-ifs in this game. There's a lot of what-ifs. So that, that to me, is a concern. For Sue, I, again, I expect more. Um, but I don't know that they were a waste yet. I, yeah, I don't know these a waste, but he's probably overpaid at $14 million. All right, so our next question here. that This one comes from Alexander Spellman at ASPELMAN1 on Twitter. He asks, what does the Rams' offense need to do in adjusting to what defenses are clearly doing the past few weeks? Ready, Steve?
1: Yeah, wait, sorry, can you repeat that?
4: (laughs) Was I talking a little too fast? (laughs) Actually, I'm getting hyped up now, I'm getting my second wind. What does the Rams' offense need to do in adjusting to what defenses are clearly doing the past few weeks?
1: Uh, You know, as simple as it sounds, I think we just need to block better up front. Um, you know, I, I hopefully when they look at the tape of this game, seeing that you know this isn't Chicago, who is a monster defense, it starts up front. And the reason one of the big reasons why we've been so good on offense the past few years is because that line has been dominant for the most part. I mean, they've given Jared Goff all the time he needs to make plays. And when he has time, he usually does make plays for all the bad throws he made last night or. I guess it is last night. It's midnight, whatever. For all the bad throws he made in this game, he there were some moments of, of brilliance from Goff occasionally. You know, he hit Josh Reynolds on that almost touchdown, which was a great throw. You know, one of the best throws he's made all year, I think. But it, it just starts with those guys and the way they've been playing. I mean, for guys who every one of them, outside of John Sullivan, when they showed when they were announcing the lineups, was in the top five on Pro Football Focus at their position some of them was like 30 but i mean uh, the up the middle isn't really where the guys are coming from so uh, that's we where it now. starts i uh, yeah they're coming from everywhere uh, i think it starts with those guys um one one complaint i had last week was how uncreative the offense was you know we we had no jet sweeps which we've been doing all year for whatever reason that shadow game, we saw that a little bit more tonight and so, i mean honestly i, I think the skill players. I don't think they're really much to blame on them here outside of clock management in the fourth quarter by, uh, I think the biggest culprit was Gerald Everett. And then obviously Todd Gurley, unfortunately had the big one at the end, but I think it starts with blocking up front. I think these guys just need to rebound. And I think when they rebound, it will help Goff rebound and kind of get his group back because, you know, this is three really ugly games for Jared Goff. he, had a perfect game against Kansas City before the bye week, and then since then he's thrown one touchdown and seven interceptions, which he he didn't look like this before the bye week. I don't know what happened. You know, I mean, what like is there something you think you could pinpoint that this offense can fix that'll get them back on track?
4: I think they were fixing it. I really think they were. I think they came out with the right game plan tonight to to deal with that. So when you come out there and you say, you know what? We're not going to put this on Jared Goff's shoulders. We're going to put this on our big man, on, on Todd Gurley. And they ran through every, they ran everything through with him. When you do that and you take responsibility off of him, then we saw those things working. We saw, we saw it working, dude. Did we not? That, that, that was a nice, easy, methodical drive down the field for that first touchdown for the Rams. And when that happens, when you can just sit there and pick pick what the, take what the defense will give you, you're okay. So the defense is going to lock you down deep and just bum rush your middle. They worked on exactly what we wanted them to work on. They worked on the, the short passing game. They actually, that first quarter change... That was very good, that was yeah. very good, okay, then you're getting him the ball, you're getting him up the middle, you're getting him off off tackle right and left. That was what you need to do, and then he gets hurt now you're in trouble now you're right. in trouble, and, and so
1: yeah, and you're not going to run run the ball with him in the fourth quarter in this game. you know, you look at the box score, he only touched it or he touched it twenty two times he only had twelve carries. But I mean, no carries in the fourth quarter. You know, if if game flow wasn't was on his side, I think, you know, unlike last week, they actually would have ran the ball with him a little bit in the fourth quarter. But but yeah, you're right. I mean, outside of that first series where they went uh, a quick, swift three and out, which wasn't fun, first half for the most part, they they did well on every drive. You know, Jared Goff had the pick, but other than that. That that touchdown drive was very nice. Then their last two drives of the quarter, they were able to get field goals. Uh, not ideal, obviously, but you're still putting points on the board. So they, I I agree they did really come out with the right game plan here compared to how they played last week.
4: Well, and that's what they're going to do. And when people talk about well how do you how do you adjust to golf and so on and so forth, what do you blame with golf? Well, first with golf, when you are getting rushed hard. When your offensive line breaking down in front of you, play after play after play, you are going to start getting happy feet. They're got that's just going to happen. And so, what's happening with with Goff is he's just rushing his throws. He's trying to do too much. That that weird interception in the was it late third quarter? Early the, fourth
1: quarter. You are talking about the one where like he was getting he sacked sta- and yeah, he got stepped on. Yeah, the okay. start of the fourth quarter, I believe. Yeah,
4: he got stepped on. He goes down, pisses p- the ball. And tries to throw it. Throws interception as he's getting taken down. Man, just take the just take it what it is. Just stay down. Just stay down. Live to fight our day. Okay, but if you're looking at that play and an earlier play as well, he was going down on. <laughs> he was going down pretty easily here. Uh, not, not, I'm sorry, I'm correct myself. Not the trip, but early earlier in the game on that blitz sack. He just went down. Didn't even, just, He just went down. It reminded me so much of the Phantom Sack 1989. Now, it wasn't the Phantom Sack because he was getting touched this time. But he is getting happy feet in there. He's being rushed too much, and so he's trying to do too much to make up for it. And it's resulting in poor accuracy and bad throws. People who want to throw all of this on golf aren't watching film. They're not looking at how bad the pass protection has been. And it's really with the older guys. The last couple games, they're just just getting blown off the ball, and if you can sell that down, Goff's going to be fine. That said, Goff made some bad decisions tonight. He made a couple really bad decisions that I don't want to excuse him. You can't excuse him, okay? But you also have to think with a halfway functional brain here instead of just getting all upset and saying, "Well, you know what? Don't forget this guy is still a third year quarterback who's really in his second year. He's going to make young guy mistakes still." Right. Aaron Rodgers Aaron still makes mistakes. Every quarterback still makes mistakes. He's still going to make those young guy mistakes, and that's what he's doing. He's trying to do too much. And it's on Sean McVay and the offensive staff to back off and give him the help he needs instead of allowing him to take all the pressure on his shoulders.
1: Right. And, and he totally shoulders a good chunk of the blame for this loss. I mean – the turnovers in the past couple weeks have been concerning and I think he he hit it right with yeah it's because he's being rushed and this guy this guy's 24 years old it's like you said basically his second season even though it's third I mean nothing happened in the first season it's some like the mistake obviously at the start of the fourth quarter that interception that's completely inexcusable he should know better to try and throw that out you got to just Tuck it, and live live to fight another day, punt the ball. We got the best punter in the league. That, that ball is getting punted pretty far. Or fake, de- depending on the scenario. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, he's got to have more time to throw the ball. It starts there. Then when we see him getting time, and if he's still making plays like this, then obviously this becomes a different conversation. But he's not being put in positions to succeed over the past couple weeks. And it, it showed with... Some of some of the poor throws he's made, some of the mistakes, um, but but yeah, I mean, and in a game where there was a lot of mistakes, that was, I think that one stung the most to me because it was so easily avoidable. You know, obviously John or JoJo Natson's fumble was the most heartbreaking and devastating, but fumbles do happen. Uh, unfortunately, they happen. But that that play by Goff, that that was a big swing points wise, and that that just could have been avoided so easily.
4: Well, at one point, though, I mean, Natson probably just, just got himself cut in that play, especially if Gurley's out. If Gurley's out, if Gurley's hurt and he's out next week and Justin Davis is out, Natson's gone. I got to bring somebody else up to, to cover at the running back position. He probably caught yeah. a job.
1: So, yeah, I, I, mean, I hope Natsen not. unfortunate. But, yeah, I mean, Farrell Cooper is an all pro last season, so he's probably getting that job back.
4: And the only reason Pharaoh probably hasn't got it back is because they're trying to protect him a little bit, but he can't anymore. So I mean, that's really it. With with Goff, so many people want to crap on Goff. Some dude from – I don't know. Some people um, – some dude from is it Seth Kelly or something, Kelly from uh, 12up.com wrote this really ridiculous article talking about how Jared Goff is trash on the road and the Rams are going to, whatever, pay for it. That's just one of the most ridiculous articles anybody can read. It's not even backed up by a fact. Now, is this where we're going now with Jared Goff? Can we not forget where Jared, where Jared Goff has taken this team the last two years? He's yeah. been
1: a major part of that. They don't win that
4: Kansas City game without
1: him. They don't. No, I mean, look, as somebody who's been driving the Jared Goff can't play in the cold bus for that hot take, I mean, I think it's pretty true for the most part. I mean, to say he can't play on the road— in general is just silly i mean he had a bad game against detroit sure but you know if anything this game kind of helps negate that take and instead of you know him not being able to play on the road i he just is in a funk right now partly due to the offensive line partly due to the play calling and and partly due to just him not being very good right now you know players go into funks the best players in the nfl have had bad games they've had bad seasons I mean, two years ago, Todd Gurley couldn't even get 100 yards in a game. And this year, you know, it's like clockwork for him to, to total over 100 yards. So it, it, it is such a ridiculous take to say he can't play on the road. Like, I, like look at the tape. He's played successfully on the road. You know, this year, last year, when it's uh, cold, yeah, we, yeah, you know, sometimes he doesn't do it. But, I mean, it's just a silly take. He's in the, a little bit of funk right now.
4: Yeah, weren't the Rams like 7-1 on the road last year? yeah i mean, I mean what's a, who was a the quarterback then um Dieter brock it was jared goff oh, oh okay it was jared goff all right all right just, just check them. Dieter brock vince ferragamo jim everett hey jim how you doing i, I mean really honestly who was a quarterback it was it was jared goff so just a stupid take and this is and i and people might say why are you bringing out com? why are you bringing that up well one because i'm in the mood to rant but two you know, Steve and I, we're both writers. We're both journalists, and we, we want... There is some kind of ethics to it. That kind of hot take has no business being out there, and it's just ridiculous, period. All right, so... diehard Ramley Hector M., asks, WTF is going on? Answer that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think Look. we are, Hector. I think we are. I think we're answering that. It's... You know, there's a lot of different issues in a lot of different places. Um, Steve, if you could fix... If you think... If one thing will fix the Rams right now, what would it be?
1: I don't don't even know. I think it is just blocking better, getting Goff more time. And I really think they just need a tune-up game. I think they have two coming up. Uh, They need to just get their mojo back, especially on offense. I think defensively, they've made mistakes over the past couple weeks, but I think this defense overall has looked – a lot better since coming back from the bye week than they did before it. Uh, I mean, obviously, Alshon Jeffrey torching us today is not an encouraging sign, especially when we head into the playoffs. But overall, I think last week, the linebackers got some slack, rightfully so, but they did kind of just completely shut down Mitch Trubisky last week. Uh, The defense basically won us that game in Detroit. So – I think it is just the offense really just needs to get their groove back, and I think they will because 11 games of, for the most part, dominating defenses, that's not exactly a small sample size for one season. It's over half of the season, almost three-quarters of the season. So I think it's just they need to just get their groove back, man, and I think Arizona and San Francisco coming up, they're the perfect opportunities to do it, and and we'll see if it actually happens. But, I mean – I I do still have faith that they get their group back a little. I'm not sure right now I have faith that we're going to come out of the NFC on top, but I think at least we'll look like we'll have a team that's capable of doing it, hopefully, by the end of the year.
4: Well, for me, what's going on, I think every team at some point in the league, uh, they go in their funk. Every team goes through it. Even the Saints. The Saints got their funk early in the year, and they bounced back. And now... You know, it's about, to me, leadership at this point. It's, to me, this is the first time Sean McVay has really been challenged as a leader. Last year, nobody expected the team to be 11-5. and five. So they lose five games. We're not like, oh gosh, it's all right. Well, it, you know, this year, losing the game like this, losing the Bears game back-to-back. Now there's questions coming. There's a lot of questions coming. And... Now we're gonna find out what kind of leader Sean McVay really is. Is he just this whiz kid who can make who can call plays and memorize a bunch of stuff, or can he really motivate this team to to be better than what we thought they would be? They would be, and we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out real quick. And there's an evolution that has to happen to Sean McVay now. People are catching up to him, and how does he change? How does Wade Phillips now address this? How does he go back and and ask? You know and fix the tough things that are on the defense and Aaron Cromer, what does he do now with that offensive line we, There's a lot of things that a lot of questions that these guys have to step up and lead and answer, and we can always say, well, these are grown men It doesn't matter we all all grown. i'm a forty year old dude, okay, and I still look to the leader of you know my social studies department at school or our basketball program, or whatever, for guidance. Because we all need leadership, no matter where we are. So we're going to find out real quick about this team in the next couple of weeks and see what they can fix. And the way Gurley ended that game today, we may want up missing Gurley for one or two of those games. Hope not.
1: Hope not. But Hope not. we'll see. He's got to get healthy for the playoffs. That's priority number one, even though we need to win these games.
4: Okay, Cardinal Rio or Carnero, uh, you know what, I might even try his Brazilian. At Rams, Massa, PR says, what's wrong with the Rams? Cup dependency, entire OL. Would you agree? Uh,
1: I don't think it's cup dependency. Uh, I think the receivers have stepped up. And, you know, cup was kind of Goff's safety blanket a lot of the time. I think almost all of his completed throws tonight were safety blanket throws so no I I think offensive line fatigue is definitely a huge part of it so yeah I think he's half right I think that has been a big factor clearly I mean these guys on our offensive line the right side is kind of young the left side is not young there's a lot of wear and tear in those dudes and I think they might be feeling feeling the length of the season right now and you know they they have they've struggled a little bit as, as a unit over the past couple weeks but as far as cup dependency goes, no, nah, I mean, we miss him for sure. Uh, Reynolds adds something different, but it's not as useful as what cup adds, I think. So I think the guys have stepped up, and I we miss him, but I think we will be, we should be able to be fine without him right now.
4: Well, the whole cup dependency thing, yeah, I get it. You you miss him for sure. But this kind of reminds me of Chris Collins worked on the broadcast night saying, how the Rams lack depth at running back and the, on the offense and so on and so forth. And I'm sitting there thinking, dude, come on, you know better. Every NFL roster has a 46 man active roster. And I, I got into it a little bit last week with the guys as well on the show. And I'm, I'm going to stick with the same thing. In this game, Goff completed passes to Reynolds, to Gurley, to. Higby to Everett to Cooks Woods. That's a lot of guys, man. That's a lot of people he connected with. And he would have connected more pass with them if he was more accurate today. So yeah, we missed cup, but I don't I'm not buying the whole idea of death, maybe with the offensive line. Forty-six players in a roster. How deep can you go? I get really tired of the idea being here, the Rams don't have death. The, actually, it's a testament to their death because you know how, remember how, Steve, remember how many players went down before the regular season even got underway? Yeah. Go, go back and look at me. We had a lot of death. <laughs> and a testament to that death to me that this team does have 11 wins. A lot of players got hurt or on the IR for a good chunk of the year, and yet they have 11 wins. So right. I'm just not buying all that stuff about. Cup dependency and just about that. It's it's much deeper than that. And that goes back to the idea of where do you go now? Alex Hausman asks us, he's at Big House 79. He says, is, is this just a mental funk or a sign of a serious problem? How do you fix
1: this? It's probably somewhere in between, I would say. Um, you know, this is definitely just with Goff, I think it's parts funk. Uh, I, I wouldn't really say teams have figured it out or figured him out, so to say. Because, you know, they've started to get pressure on him and that has resulted in rush throws. But you could basically say the goal to beating any quarterback in the history of football is to get pressure on him. So I, and I think it's kind of clear that the line just needs to play better. Our team's figuring out how to get past the line. Maybe, Maybe, I mean, we played against two very good pass rushes in the past two weeks and I think, you know, we'll see how they play against San Francisco and Arizona, hopefully better. But I, I think it is, there's obviously a lot of concerns here that I think we've kind of vented about today and in the past couple of podcasts, given how games have went. But I, I think it is mental and kind of a funk more, I'd maybe say 60-40 than teams figuring it out. But the, the line just needs to step up. I mean, I I feel like I'm a broken record here, but... To me, that's just the the been the clear flaw with how we played over the past couple of weeks.
4: It's the line, it's, it's the fact that it's a sixteen game season, it's a long season. We have to we can't forget that. College football is over, with the exception of bowls. These guys are playing deep into December, the weather's getting worse, they're getting tired, they they've been seeing each other's faces every day since since July. It's it's getting old. It is getting a little old. They're getting tired. Every team goes through this. And so before we just go out there and, and demolish the Rams and, and, and you know, trash what's going on, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay. Um, and, so hey, I'm Derek,
1: here. before we move on to demolishing the Rams a little bit more in this podcast, I think we should give a shout-out here to our sponsor at the Golden Brand Barbershop. Guys, if you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and you like that old school classic barbershop experience, guys, you got to check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Our friend Sal Martinez opened up a shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day they left for St. Louis. And he's kept the lights on ever since. Even after losses like today, he's still going to keep the lights on. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS. Again, that's 714-894-7267. Drop our promo code RAMSTALK so he knows who sent you, and he'll get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Once again, guys, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to Sal's shop is worth it. Not only to see all the Rams memorabilia there, but Sal's also just going to give you that old-school classic barbershop experience. He's going to talk Rams football to you and whatever you want. Guys, if you need somewhere to go and just vent about how poorly the Rams played Sunday Night Football two weeks in a row, you should head to the Golden Ram Barbershop, and you can do that while also getting a great haircut. Trust me, guys. You won't regret it.
4: Well, yeah, that's kind of sad, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So keep in the comments. Uh, Mick Baber at Baber underscore Mick says, Goff sucks. McVay can't do this. Losing this game is embarrassing. Uh, come, on, come on. Come on. Relax, dude. Goff. Look where, look where Goff's taking this far. Look what McVeigh's done this far. I, I, understand the, I understand the frustration, but um, it'll be all right. Eric Dreyer asks, what is happening? Well, we've talked about that a little bit. Um, he says, what up? Su- what sucks is we could be playing a wild card game if this keeps up. Yes, Erica could, but, I mean, that's saying the Rams are going to lose at least once, and that's to either Cardinals or the 49ers. And, well, the way the 49ers played the Seahawks today, you can't count, you can't count them out. Uh, John DuPont says, "Where's our great D mastermind going to figure out how to pressure a quarterback without 99? Why is our O-line stop protecting our quarterback, and why is our quarterback regressing? Just to give you a couple... I think we've answered the first two questions there already. Um, the question is to you, I guess, do you think Jared Goff's regressing?
1: He might, you know, he might be going back to the to what he is more. You know, he's having bad games. Uh, he may not be ultimately the quarterback that we saw in some of these huge games this year for most of his career. But he's also not going to be this for the rest of his career. So, I mean... He might be going back to the mean a little bit. We'll, we'll see in the next couple weeks. But I wouldn't say he's progressing, so to say. You know, he's, he's having some bad games. It happens to everybody. Uh, you know, the sophomore slump is a real thing that happens to athletes across all sports, I feel like. And Goff, You know, since this, we kind of agree it's kind of a sophomore season, he's slumping a little bit. Man, it happens. But it's obviously concerning that it's happening now, this late into the season but hopefully he can get tuned up here and get back to form because i i do think long term i'm not i'm not really worried about him i think he will be the the franchise quarterback we need how high his ceiling is we'll, we'll see you know we'll see if he's going to be either a top 5 quarterback or just like a top 10 or 12 quarterback even if it's the latter that's fine you pay quarterbacks that are that good in this league but we'll see i mean i, I wouldn't say he's regressing more. I'd say it's just a slump.
4: I, I, I have a hard time saying it's regressing. Did you magically, did your skills diminish in the matter of a month from the Kansas City game to now? Uh, No, I, I, what's changed? Well, what's changed is you're, he's running for his life more. And when you run for your life a little more, you get happy feet. And when you get happy feet, you make bad throws. So, you want to see Jared Goff go back to being Jared Goff. The one that you to know, protect him. Protect him, and he'll be all right. I, I don't even really agree with you by him being, you know, not being good in cold weather. I think that's something that's a problem for any quarterback over time, and that's some, you know, that's something you have to get used to being. You have, you have to get used to playing in that kind of environment. So not being good, I'm not sure in in cold weather is not even fair. I think that's something that develops in the quarterback over the time. And we'll see what happens in his career with that. So,
1: yeah, thoughts. I don't totally disagree with that. Um, yeah, he hasn't played it, enough games. He's exactly. Well. Yeah, you can't you can't really tell yet for that to be like a genuine fact backed take. I mean, eye test wise, he struggled in cold weather. But as we've seen in the last couple of games, he's also struggled in warm weather. So you know, it, it is definitely. It's probably too early to tell him that. You that's why break I have-
4: it down. He was running for his life in both the Broncos game, facing off with Bradley Chubb and Von yeah. Miller. And he was running for his life in the Bears game. So, what's the common denominator? It's not necessarily cold. It's, it's running for your life.
1: It's great pass rushers. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, and that's going to be with any quarterback. Listen, to me, you could have Carson Wentz out there since a million people want Carson Wentz. You could have Baker Mayfield out there today. You could have Deshaun Watson out there today, Russell Wilson. We've seen Russell. We've done through Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson becomes average real quick when you sack him six times in a game. Mm-hmm. Any quarterback does. So I'm not sure it's regressing, man. I'm not sure at all. I think it's protect your freaking quarterback. Um, Just want to give, just because people took the time, there's some repetition here, but we do want to give uh, shots out. Joe, Joe Ayala uh, writes, honestly, what does it need to be made? I think Goff and girls should stay out the next two games. I disagree. Lines beaten up and probably playing through some injuries. Don't make sense. They're going to get pounded for no reason. There's zero time for plays to develop downfield before a sack. Okay, lots of stuff there. Uh, I I think you, they play. You need home field. I don't want, I, sorry, I don't want those guys in Chicago in December.
1: Yeah, Tuesday. and you need, we need to buy. We 100% need to buy. We really need to buy. Um, yeah, we... Winning four games in a row right now, uh, I'd much rather just be able to win three. And the path to getting the bye isn't that difficult, even with losing two games in a row. We certainly made it a little more difficult, but we got to beat two team, two of the worst teams in the league. So, I mean, we should be able to do it. I know Sam Perrin got a win this week, but we had no problem with either of those teams earlier in the season. And it, it should not be different, even given how we're playing. We're still the much better team.
4: I honestly think San Fran came in that game today kind of motivated after that last game with Seattle where the Seahawks and the team just kind of crapped all over to Richard Sherman, to be honest. I think that, yeah. <laughs> that was a little bit of motivating. Um, David Laffey, and I saw a couple um Rudy Hires and, and a couple other guys that mentioned this as well. How does Gurley know, not know when to avoid a touchdown to keep the clock running? Um let me rephrase that. How does Gurley know when to avoid a touchdown to keep the clock running, but not know to go out of bounds when he stop the clock? Um,
1: you want to take that one first? I think he just wanted to get more yards, man. Um, it was obviously not the right decision, but uh, he's a gamer. You know, he thinks you're Todd Gurley. You probably think your best chance to win is with you running it into the end zone. And I think he just wanted to try and make something happen. It didn't work. Uh, you know he's got my full support, Tiger. I'm never going to waver from him right now. But yeah, it, it is kind of ironic that we have applauded him so much for his clock management by giving up touchdowns so unselfishly, but then he ultimately helps us lose this game by not handling clock management right, by not getting out of bounds. And I mean, Everett made it did the same thing on that drive, and even a earlier. Times. Yeah. I'm uh, the drive before that. He made some notable plays like that, but yeah, it sucks that that happened. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really think there's like a, an answer to that that anyone can answer besides Todd Gurley.
4: I think it's a little bit case by case. With Everett, he doesn't handle the ball very often. He is still young. He's probably not as involved in clock management. Was being was basically being a rookie out there with Todd Gurley. He is Todd Gurley. Like you said, he's going to trust his legs and he's going to try to make a play if he can. And maybe, for all we know, maybe he thought that he would still be able to get those couple extra yards and get out of bounds. And the Eagles just made a good play getting him down. We don't know. I mean, we don't know what's going through his head at the time. Um, Alvarez writes, are we going to cut JoJo? And (laughs) WTF is going to Goff. So, we've already answered Goff. Uh, are we going to cut JoJo? I'm going to say yes. They're going to cut JoJo.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on health next week. You know, if they need to pick up another running back, yeah, he probably does get cut, unfortunately. But uh, we'll see. I think it's more of a numbers thing than, uh Yeah, obviously he's a little bit more expendable now. Farrow Cooper's back. Farrow Cooper's probably getting that job back. But uh, they clearly like JoJo, you know, for him to even be the punt returner right now with a healthy Farrow Cooper on the roster.
4: Well we don't really know how healthy pharaoh is
1: if he's we, out there I mean he's playing
4: yeah but how healthy is he overall i, I to me if he's as if he's as healthy as would as he should be he should be out there and he's not
1: so but he's I don't know he's returning kicks I mean I, I why why would he even be active if he's not healthy I guess is my thing I think they just you know Natson and kind of earn that job and maybe they're just I, I don't know. I, I feel like he wouldn't be returning kicks if he wasn't healthy. There's no point of him being out there if he's not healthy.
4: True. But, well, I, I mean, I just say maybe you're trying to get him back in to the rotation. Maybe you're trying to save him a little bit for the playoffs. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay, I'm looking for any final questions we can answer for you that aren't dupes. I saw a couple that were fairly good.
1: It, keep looking. I do want to say, uh, I know we have a lot of uh, newer fans since the team moved back to LA. Maybe that didn't watch for the last twenty years in St. Louis, and it's fine. Look, I, I am. I think I'm the head of the Let's welcome all people who want to root for the Rams committee, no matter how, if they're bandwagon or if they're from LA or whatever. Anyone who wants to root for this team, please come join. But you guys are owning your – you're owning your horns right now because, you know, part of my friendship, we used to do this shit every week is watch the Rams just blow games and then talk about it, about how, how much it sucks that they blew that game. Uh, I got a little – when we were talking about Cup and the depth on this team, you know, I remember the days where Mark Clayton would get injured and the whole receiving corps would go to shit because we'd have absolutely nobody <laughs> else on the roster. Like we lost <laughs> Mark Clayton and it's like, oh, god, the season's over. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Well, that's true,
4: that's true, you know, And uh, but we also can't keep going back to, well, hey, we've, look where we are now compared to where we were them.
1: No, At some totally. Point, but we are know, still 11-3, you know, it's, still, still. this has been frustrating as hell the last two weeks, but we're in the playoffs, we're probably going to get a first round bye, so we got to complain and we have a right to bitch and moan tonight, especially, you know, a lot of mistakes were made, but in the grand scheme of things, we're still in good shape.
4: And just to kind of top things off, we're running out of time, folks. We would love to answer more stuff from the Facebook group Rams Top Room. Rams Talk Room. Bill Holstein commented, "I think these losses are necessary. Yes, they suck, even hurt, but teams have figured out how to slow down the Rams' offense. This will give me time to get back on track before the playoffs. Uh, that's that's a fair comment to make. I'd rather than figure. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather." At some point in the season, that wall be hit, then, like you say, keep going 45 nothing, 45 nothing, 35-10, or whatever, and, and then the playoffs, somebody all of a sudden figures it out. Heaven forbid the Rams go 15-1, 16-0, get the first round of the playoffs and face the Bears, and the Bears do what they do. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah, and I think we will see some new wrinkles in the offense, but we won't see them until the playoffs because you know, you're not going to add in a bunch of new stuff to unless you really need to beat the Cardinals or the 49ers then maybe you break out some of the new stuff. But I'm sure McVay knows what's happening and is trying to work in some new plays and some new wrinkles and all that. And we probably won't see it until the playoffs. But you got to think that's what he's doing. I mean, the guy guy is a football genius. Even after this and after last week, I think he's still done a lot more positive than negative in his time here. And I think he will fix this ship.
4: And that's what we got to hope. All right, folks before we go get a couple of things here we do want to go ahead and say hey if you are looking to find a great place to advertise sponsor with us sponsor us here at Rams talk or Rams talk at gmailcom send an email we'll gladly send you our our, uh, our kit our media kit folks if you have a business where hey you got a sports bar Rams fans come out there we're great for you pizzerias we're great for you that's our clientele okay all those places. Sporting goods stores, all those places. We're great for you. Check us out. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, we're everywhere, So, if you could subscribe on places like iTunes, leave a review, a five star would be greatly appreciated. And of course, we're on Twitter as well. Talk Rams
1: for the entire site. Steve's on Twitter. Where? At Steve Ribeiro, and of course, new budding heads this week, probably on Wednesday. I'm up a little late tonight, but yeah, at Steve Ribeiro. Hit me up uh, fantasy questions or responses to any dumb or good smart things I say on these podcasts. Uh, okay. I would love feedback.
4: <laughs> and I'm, again, DC Paul on Facebook. Sorry, not Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can find us at the uh, facebook.com forward slash Rams talk. Also in our group now we have going because – Facebook's really, really mean to us about our page. We have the Rams Talk Room, which actually gets a lot of good engagement in there more than our our normal page. So check that out as well. And folks, it's not over yet. Teams eleven and three. They came back strong. I think if the like, I agree with Steve. If Steve, um, if this team gets blown out thirty to 13, 37, 13 I think this is a different podcast. But they fought back. They made it interesting. And they darn near pulled this off, I think, without the Nats and nats and Fumble. This is a different
1: podcast again. So I It would have it. been weird to do a podcast after that game if they won. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking, like, I don't even know how I approach that podcast after a win. I really don't even know how we would approach it.
4: Well, well maybe we'll never know. We'll so never know. We'll never, we'll never know. know. All right, folks. For Steve, this is Derek. Derek Paula. And uh, that's it. Rams lose three, twenty three, eleven, three on to Arizona. Here we go. Peace.
0: The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the rafters? Jalen
3: Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lake is real, people.
5: And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action.
3: Where else can a city this loud
1: be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh my Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.